All right. Welcome back to the big program. That intro music can only mean one thing. Time now for On the Mark, fueled by Booster Juice. Download the new Booster Juice Rewards app today to start earning berry points for delicious and nutritious smoothies, drinks, and food that will get you through the day as we welcome in Mark Spector to the program on Sports 1440. Good morning, Spec. You know, that song always brings me back to the parking lot at Marmot Basin somehow, you know? <laughs> you had a great day of skiing, the sun's still shining, everyone's coming off the hill. You know, you got the coolers open, maybe a burger. Tunes mm. are cranked quite often, an old ACDC song. Yeah, it's a good way to start the day, Kev. Do you remember that time we went to Marmot Basin about how many years ago? Is it now 15, 20? Yeah, and it was like minus 27. It was cold. It was so cold on the chairlift. <laughs> you and I were two of the few guys out there. We did We did take a few turns that day, but not many. <laughs> uh, the one thing I remember, I, I remember, and I don't know if you, you do too, so after, you know, we went, was that Jasper in January? Is that what it was? Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah. So for our listeners, Speck and I, we were out, you know, we had a few beverages and stuff like that. We went to a party after, and now we're getting back, ready to go back to the hotel, and and we said, well, we got to get a pizza. We'll go get a wheel and go back to the hotel. <laughs> I can't hear you. So he goes, well, what, how are we going to get back to the hotel? I said, just watch this, Speck. So we walked into some pizza joint. We ordered an extra large, whatever, pepperoni and cheese, and I said, can we get this delivered? The guy goes, well, wh- why would you want it delivered? Like, oh, so we can get a ride back to the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> so we catch a ride back with the pizza delivery guy. That was like the most awesome life hack I've learned to date. <laughs> That's an old trick, Spec. Yeah. Oh, boy. Man, that, that was a good trip. We had a lot of well, fun. Well, it was right? either that or jump on the back of one of those elk that's walking oh. the street about 2 a.m. in Jasper and take him home. So well, I like your way better. Yeah, the other thing, too, again, it was, she was 25, 30 below that night, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. You know, well, things uh, should be heating up tonight at uh, Rogers Place with the Oilers in Vegas. Uh, didn't want to talk about it too much yesterday because leave it for today. But, man, this is uh, – we had a, a couple of texts, and the best one came in uh, a little earlier just talking about this was big oil in the Mac. I'll read it to you again. In my opinion, this game defines the identity of this oh, boy. team. Boy, he's bang on here, isn't he? Well, that's a lot to put on a game in November, but you know what? We're at that time of year, like everyone has to sort of look down from 40,000 feet here, right? Where all the teams that came out of the gate really hot, you know, Boston, Vegas, Anaheim was one of them, right? Mm -hmm. Vancouver. Now we're about a month and a bit in, and they're all cooling. And a lot of those teams that came out very poorly, like the Oilers and even Calgary's winning a little bit now, they're starting to get their wins. So this is a perfect time for Edmonton to, you know, they got a Vegas team coming in. What do they have, three goals in their last five games or something? Yeah, when they're 3-5-2 and two in their last ten. Yeah, so they're cool. They're not the Vegas team that went 9-0. and oh, uh, And they're not scoring. That's the main thing. They cannot score right mm-hmm. now. They got a better offense than they're showing, but they're in a slump. So this is the game where, you know, you really feel like the Oilers are scoring. Right, if the Oilers mm-hmm. could get to four, they should get two points tonight, and uh, it would be a good confidence builder for the Edmonton Oilers. After all they've been through here, it hadn't been pretty uh, to come out of that rink tonight and say, "Okay, no matter what's going on and where we are, we just beat that team that we wanted to beat this year." 
that'd be a good injection of confidence for the rest of the year here. Mark Spector, Rogers Sportsnet on Sports 1440. How much do you think, you know, last night for the Oilers watching the Vegas Golden Knights in Calgary, now you go to the morning skate and then this afternoon, how much do you think the Oilers roster going into tonight's game thinks about last year's playoff loss where that series was 2-2, could have went either way, but Vegas... Uh, had, uh, you know, they had their way with the Oilers in the second periods of game five and six. So how much do you think yeah. the players think about this game or that series going into tonight? Um, I mean, there's elements to the series. Why didn't we hold a lead? The Oilers had a lead in every single game of that series. You know, why, why did we have a couple of really awful six-minute stretches that cost us? Like, you know, that's that's professionals, they'd, they'll boil that series down to why did we lose? Mm-hmm. And it's really a couple of small, you know, stretches of why they lost. Yeah, the goaltending wasn't great. Yeah, they didn't defend well enough. But it doesn't matter. If they could have survived a couple of those stretches, they well could have won that series. Yeah. So I guess I'd say to you tonight, if anything... You know, if Vegas scores a goal in the second period, the only thing you might hear is, okay, boys, let's lock her down for three or four shifts. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if we score right now. We don't have to score right away when they score. But the important thing is that they don't score again and again and again. That, to me, would be the thing that the Oilers have to figure out. Mark Spector, our uh, daily, daily contributor at 8 o'clock for Booster Juice uh, on the mark from Rogers Sportsnet, 806 in Edmonton. Kevin Carey, show on Sports 1440. We've talked about this for quite a long time, Speck, about uh, Alex Petrangelo and uh, his slash last year in the playoffs on Leon Dreisaitl. I know what I would like to see tonight. What do you think we will see tonight? <laughs> I think, well, I know you want what you. I don't want to see someone go slash some Jack Eichel and break his wrist. I don't want to see that. That's not what I'm here to see. Okay. I want to see the Oilers be a lot harder on their top guys for sure. You know, and frankly, Petrangelo is their top guy, really. Right? If you could draft one guy off their team, you know, boy, it might be Petrangelo. Like, that's how good a player he is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm not into revenge. I think it's it doesn't do anything for you. Uh, but I think the Oilers can look at a Vegas team that was awfully hard on their top guys and maybe take a lesson from that. Get after the Vegas top guys here. Right? Don't be afraid to run Petrangelo. If you if it's a good hard hit and it's a second late and you take two minutes, I can live with that. But are we asking if we should be out there slashing each other? No, I don't. I don't think that's a solution. Mm-hmm. What kind of game do you think Evander Kane will have tonight? He had ten hits last game. Yeah. I mean, he was a force. And this is this. You know, if you look at a game that's you know written for him, all set for him, this is it. Yeah, I think we, we I don't think Evander Kane's got enough credit here. Mm-hmm. You know, during this whole stretch when a lot of guys weren't playing very well, he he has been. You know, he's been productive scoring, he's been hitting and skating and, and being a physical presence. Like I think Evander Kane you know what? They've they've needed some leadership to pull out of this thing and this guy's done it. Mm-hmm. This guy's been there. Like I get it. I know his raps and all the people have bad things to say about him. But in the window of this season, he's been one of their top leaders. And he's been he's said the right things, and then he's gone out and done the right things. And I think Evander Kane's been a fantastic player this year. I'm here to say it. He's mm-hmm. led them, you know, there you go, 10 hits last game. Yeah. Like, 
wow, who gets 10 hits? So, yeah, do I expect him to lead them the right direction tonight? He's been leading them the right direction, Kev, for yeah. the last three weeks. So, yes, I do. He's This guy's been way better than we're giving him credit for. Huge part of what's going on in Edmonton right now. And, I mean, Zach Hyman, if you look at what Kane does, and, I mean, I mean Zach Hyman has been – just as good in that leadership department and and trying to push forward and trying to help this team dig out of this hole. I mean, 12 goals in 20 games, it's a pretty good yep. mark, pretty good start for Hyman. It's crazy how it comes, like leadership comes in all forms. Mm-hmm. I can't think of two more different guys than Zach Hyman and Evander Kane, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like they are not the same guy. Not, you know, they're not. But they're both really good players. And they've both found a way to lead their own way. Zach Hyman, at a time when we watched the Oilers and said, man, these guys can be soft. And, man, I wish they'd win the net front once in a while. And, geez, I wish they'd go harder to the net and get in the dirty places. And we say that about a bunch of guys here, you and me, mm-hmm. both. Zach Hyman's been doing that, right? Zach Hyman's been showing the way. This is how you score goals, gentlemen, right? He's got 12 goals in 20 games. I think he had 36 last year, which was a career high, and he's clearly on pace for more than that. That's one of the best contracts in the league, and he's making, what's he making, five and a quarter or something? Five and a half, I believe. Five and a half, and you're going to score me 35 to 40 a year? Like, that's unbelievable. So, uh, good for Zach. Zach is, like, I love that signing. Everyone carves up Holland, and I get why some days. But I'll tell you what, he signed Kane for a good number. He signed Hyman for a good number. He signed Nuge for a good number. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's had a lot of good signings to go with the ones you might not like out there. Well, you got, again, 12 goals for five and a half for Zach Hyman. Evander Kane's got 10 goals, five and a quarter. So, I mean, those are yeah. two pretty good contracts, uh, oh boy. as you said. Um, and leadership. Hyman is such a – like for the people – you guys hear the interviews out mm-hmm. there. But as a guy that's around the team every day, Zach Hyman, like that's the kind of character you want in your room. That's the kind yeah. of guy you want your young players to follow. This guy is – he's – you know, he does so much with not as much talent as a lot of other guys, right? He squeezes mm-hmm. every drop out of the lemon, this guy. He's – it's all there. He's a really, really good player. I play for my team every day. Yeah. Uh, Mark Spector with us on Sports 1440. Speck, do you think Matthias Ekholm is getting back to where yeah. the level that he was, you know, at the tail end of last year? Yeah. So why does your team start to finally turn the corner and get out of this rut, right? Mm-hmm. Because a couple of guys we just talked about are helping pull you out. Uh, now the other guys who haven't been performing are starting to. Leon Dreisaitl and McDavid's pretty obvious. They're tearing it up again. That's going to help you a ton. But underneath that, a guy like Ekholm, right? His game, you know, quietly hasn't been very good through this huge, long, bad stretch. And I'm not blaming it on him, but that's just one. When, when Connor McDavid says death by a thousand cuts, one of those deaths was Matthias Ekholm's game, and now it's coming back. The last, I'd say, four or five games, he's been a solid defender, He's making the right choices. He's playing physical. His passes are on your tape. Uh, yeah, I, they count on this guy, Kev. Yep. They got this guy, and he's important. And when a really important part of your team isn't playing good, it leaves a mark, man. And that's – I'm not blaming on Matthias Ekholm. Don't get me wrong. But his game not being there has been a big part of why Eminem couldn't keep the puck out of their net. <laughs> Uh, Mark Spector with us on Sports 1440. So, Speck, uh, just a uh, Patrick Kane signed with Detroit. Were you surprised? Yeah, Were you surprised that. at that a little bit, or what do you think? 
Well, it's pretty cool. Like, I, it's nice to see a superstar come on with a, a, you know, not a team that's on the precipice of winning a cup, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think he's taken on a challenge. He says, I'm going to make this team better. We're going to make the playoffs. Let's see what happens. I think it's kind of cool. What do you think? I, I do, too. I, I was surprised. Again, I would say that Detroit wouldn't rank in most people's top 10 to win the cup right now. So, right. I mean, there's a guy that goes, well, again, I can make the team better, as you just mentioned. But it's, I, I think, you know, Alex DeBrinkett was a big factor. I, I really think that Derek Lalonde, as I was telling uh, uh, Ryan Kennedy earlier in the show, I think Derek Lalonde is the most underrated, most unappreciated coach in the NHL. Well, guys really like playing for him. Yeah. Well, there's that. You know, um, he, he could be the next coach of the U.S. Olympic team. Oh, yeah. that's I could see that. You know. That's fair. Like, there's a new generation coming up behind the Laviolettes, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the big American guys. I mean, was Quenville involved in that group? I'm not sure. I can't remember. But anyway, uh, yes, he's a new, younger leader. I love his nickname. They call him Newsy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, at some point, okay, at some point, Detroit's got to turn a corner here. That rebuild's been going on a really, really long time. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm talking to Edmonton Oilers fans, and they know how long a rebuild can take. So I get it. But at some point, before we start anointing Lalonde and Iserman and those guys, this team does have to turn the corner. Maybe they're ready to do it now, Kev. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're ready, but... They've been at it a long time in Detroit. It's time to have a good team there. Yeah, they've got a lot of middle of the pack kind of guys. Do you know what I mean? They got some guys, and you know they got some guys hurt right now too. So uh, their goaltending's okay. been phenomenal. This Alex Lyons kind of come on. He's thirty years old. He's played really well, and everyone thinks now James Reimer is expendable. So I mean, we'll see what Detroit well, does. But I mean, I think that's never happened to Huso. Remember when the Oilers are going after Campbell? Huso was one of the guys out there, and everyone yeah. said, "Oh man, how did they miss out on Huso?" Basically, Huso. A whole, whole lot better. Yeah, he's basically signed the same, not term, but same amount, uh, four seven five, right? Than Camel, but yeah, it was a, it was a three year deal. Yeah, a little bit less. So, um, but the funny thing is, uh, you know, we didn't know he'd only played about forty five yes, games. Exactly. And I'm not sure if who so you know goalies are voodoo, man. It's hard <laughs> to know. I'm well, not ex- I'm not I'm not absolving from signing Campbell as no. a bad oh, signing. Yeah. I get it. But in terms of Huso, we all asked the question, and now maybe we're finding out the answer. Maybe he's sort of just another guy here. Well, I mean, Campbell really only had the one year in Toronto, right? That's it. So Yeah, I guess the way to describe it is we didn't know if Huso was going to be any good. You were supposed to know that the, Campbell wasn't going to be that good, right? Yeah. And they didn't. Well, well, we will see you down at the rink uh, today, <laughs> tonight. We'll see how things shake down. Spec, thanks uh, for your time, as always. And, uh well, just think about that that one night we had together in <laughs> You, <laughs> think, me, think about, and the pizza. Think about Kevin. that night we had together, Speck, at Marmot Basin. <laughs> I'll bet that pizza right, guy's still telling me, that story. It'll get me through the day, man. Yeah. It'll I'll, get me through the day. Hey Speck, I'll bet that pizza guy's still telling the story. You oh, guess what I guess what yeah. I did last night? <laughs> Twenty years I doubt ago. It. I doubt it. <laughs> Thanks, bud. That's uh, On the Mark, right, energized by Booster Juice. Get the boost you need at Booster Juice. When we come back, come back. Frank Saravalli, I can guarantee you Frank and I haven't been to uh, Marmot Basin getting some wheels at 2 in the morning and a cab ride home uh, from the pizza delivery guy. That's coming up right after the break on Sports 1440. Stay with us.
<laughs> uh, we'll get to some of your texts, including Googie's uh, little note regarding our excursion in Marmot Basin with Mark Spector 20 years ago. Uh, time now for our headliner of the day, brought to you by Mr. Rooter Plumbing at Mr. Rooter. They only employ the finest organic, grain-fed, free-range plumbers. For all your plumbing needs, go to mrrooter.ca as we welcome in Frank Saravalli from Daily Faceoff. Morning, Frank. How you doing, Kevin? Uh, doing great this morning. Doing really, really well this morning. Looking forward to a big game here tonight uh, with the Vegas Golden Knights in town. Before we get to that, the big news of the day so far, as you know, uh, Patrick Kane signing in Detroit. And this is something that you said would be a dark horse a, a little while back, uh, I guess a few weeks back. What was your take on the signing this morning, Frank? Yeah, it's a real interesting choice for a team that I think not very many people view as certainly a team in the cup contender category, but more than that, are I think are skeptical at this point in the season, even though they're in a playoff spot, that they'll be a playoff team this year. Hmm. I think Patrick Kane, watching him really closely through this rehab process, you've seen other players have the hip resurfacing surgery and hit the wall. For me, I think he's going to come in and go right back to being a point-per-game player, if not more than that, in the NHL. If that sounds like a bold take, consider that playing with a bad hip and in a tough spot, he still had close to 60 points. So this is someone that's really put in the time rehabbing, looks good. Uh, His skating and edges have been fantastic as usual. And I don't think when you have hands that good, it ever leaves you. So this is a big coup for the Red Wings. They took this very seriously. I'm told that Steve Eiserman flew to Toronto with uh, some members of the front office staff to meet with Kane in person. Mm -hmm. Aside from being in Toronto rehabbing and meeting with the Maple Leafs, I think that was his only face-to-face meeting. And you never can tell how far that goes, but the idea that Steve Eiserman Hall of Famer is coming to personally court you, I'd have to imagine that gives you some insight into what that meant to, to Patrick Kane. And more than that, the idea that he could reunite with Alex DeBrinkett, yeah. I think, is huge. Mm-hmm. One of the first early conversations that they had was, hey, Alex DeBrinkett is on a line with Dylan Larkin and Lucas Raymond, and it was one of the best lines in, in the league in October and through this first part of November. I think it was not a coincidence that that line got separated and Alex DeBrinkett went down to the second one, which, oh, by the way, opens up a spot to play with Patrick Kane mm-hmm. just six days ago. Uh, Frank Saravalli with us from the Daily Faceoff on Sports 1440. Frank, what about Derek Lalonde? I was just telling uh, uh, Ryan Kennedy from the Hockey News earlier in the show, I think this guy could be the head coach of the next U.S. Olympic team or even the, the, the international tournament. How, how big of a factor was that? Um, I think certainly part of it. Um, he's a real easy guy to talk to. He's someone that's very personable. Uh, seems to get a lot out of his players. They seem to like playing for him. Yeah. Uh, so that part, I think, is big. And he's he's known as someone that was the, uh, I don't want to say master tactician, but certainly one of the guys behind the scenes that was doing a lot of the X's and O's for John Cooper, yeah. the master motivator. So um, that certainly was part of it as well. What about what uh, went down in Minnesota yesterday? I mean, we saw the coaching change here. Now uh, we see it in in Minnesota, a team that's struggling. And so the old saying, hey, can't fire 20 players, so the coach has to go. Yeah, it was interesting. The press conference uh, where they're announcing John Hines as their seventh head coach in franchise history is actually 
ongoing right now in Minnesota. And it was interesting to hear Bill Guerin say that he just had a feeling that this team wasn't going to shake out of it and it wasn't going to come around. And when someone of Bill Guerin's stature says that, yeah. I truly believe that he has the best feel for his team of any GM in the NHL. He spends a ton of time in and around the locker room. He's, I don't want to say one of the guys, he's still the boss, but they feel pretty comfortable around him. And he has a pretty good touch when it comes to trying to understand what's happening around his team. And so if he got that sense, obviously time to make a change. But you look at you know the situation in Edmonton and Minnesota, two teams obviously with expectations, different expectations, Minnesota coming off of back-to-back 100-point years with mostly the same team, the common thread that ties those two together is the regular season success. Jay Woodcroft, 643 points percentage. Dean Evason leaves Minnesota at 639. So basically equals in terms of their on-ice regular season success, this season included. If you take out the seven straight losses that the Wild had, to close out Everson's tenure, his number is actually above Jay Woodcroft. So that gives you some perspective in terms of, um, the, you know, what the Wild and their fans are feeling today. Probably not all that dissimilar to the one a few weeks ago with Jay Woodcroft. Frank Saravalli with us on Sports 1440. Frank, the All-Star Game uh, made some news yesterday with the, I guess, announcement of the playground uh, draft, if you will. Uh, what did you make of that, and what do you think of uh, that format? Uh, we've seen it before, but what do you make of it going forward here? Yeah, it was interesting to see it come back because I was at the first one <laughs> and the second one, and the players obviously enjoyed it. Uh, they enjoyed the beverages that they could consume during the draft and the fun that they had hanging out with their fellow all-stars. But I think the players and the players association didn't love the idea of a player being picked last. Like we've still got the Phil Kessel images from his time with the Leafs, you know, 10, whatever, 12 years ago, whenever it was. And that part was sort of a lasting image. So I bet that there's some kind of configuration where, there is no player that's picked last. Maybe it's an auto draft for the last four teams or whatever mm-hmm. it ends up being. But um, I know that was a sticking point, and it should all be in good fun. Like I mean, that's <laughs> the point of this. You're you're still an all star. There's 600 or 700 players in the league that don't get to be one. So just enjoy it. Well, Ovi wanted the car that year, right? Yeah, and he got picked first, right? Yeah. No, I think he was he was he was second last, Frank. Yeah, remember? Uh, okay. I think he went second yeah, last. Yeah, I, I just remember him holding up the sign, and so then I I thought yeah. they they did they took him earlier to to try and you know. I I think uh, they waited. Uh, they they wanted to wait on him and then get him second last, so he didn't get the car. Oh, there you go. So, uh, and we know that Ovi didn't actually need it. No, we all know that, yeah. And I, I, the, the other thing that you mentioned is the beverages. I think they have to get a sponsor, maybe get Yeti or something in, because the Solo Red Cups just didn't cut it that one year. Yeah, well, uh, there's no shortage of sponsors that I think would love to be connected <laughs> to that. Um did you want to, like, I, I texted you, just with the Corey Perry situation, it's kind of just mm-hmm. taken on a life of its own. Do you want to just update anything that's, I guess, relevant on that? Yeah, first off, just wanted to offer some commentary on 
people on social media that have taken this way too far. Yeah. There was a rumor floating around, and it was disgusting, um, that involved uh, Corey Perry. And, and it's it's it really bothers me to see something like that. Um, so just to dispel that notion, I hate to even give it any credence, uh, far from the truth and just entirely made up. So that's one. Two, there, this is shrouded in mystery partly because of the situation and how it's unfolding. The Blackhawks have made a decision here for disciplinary reasons to take Corey Perry away from the team. At this point in time, I'm not, I've heard lots of different theories I'm not comfortable from a reporting standpoint putting any of them out there or speculating, but we know that it's a disciplinary reason. Perry is also taking some time uh, for himself for personal reasons. It's the same, they're all interconnected. Um, and so what does that mean moving forward? What's the end game here? I believe we're getting closer to a resolution this week one way or the other. Is Corey Perry going to continue with the Blackhawks? Is he looking at a contract termination? I don't know what the answer is, but I know they're getting closer. Yeah. Do you have a feeling one way or the other that he's spent his last days in Chicago? It kind of feels that way. Like yeah. it feels like it's trending in that direction, but I, I really don't know. Like mm -hmm. here's the other part of it. Like because of what the Blackhawks have been through in the last few years and rightfully so, they, they're not in a spot where they can kind of gloss over anything that might happen off of the ice. And I don't want to connect the two situations because I don't yeah. think there's a line there. But anything that's slightly offside, they're looking at it in probably a different manner than many other teams would because they have to. Mm -hmm. uh, well, thanks for your insight on that. Again, developing, and we'll see where things go uh, from here. What did you make, uh, just first of all, last night, uh, the Ottawa-Florida game, what did you make of that? I love that it was yeah. brother on brother. Mm -hmm. That was the first thing that stood out. The intensity, the lack of fight, so to speak, from the Sens. I know they put up a fight, but it, it felt to me watching that game like you saw one coaching change yesterday, already the third of the season so far. It, it feels like one is not far around the corner in Ottawa as well with DJ Smith. Yeah. Um, this team is languishing. This team has so much more talent than what they've shown. And the door is, is cracked open for them to get back into the mix, but they need to make changes. And you saw part of the reason why Minnesota did that yesterday is there's a wide open window, the Oilers know it, in the West. Mm -hmm. Those top six teams, the top three in each division, are probably locked in. But – the two wild card spots, like, do you think the Oilers or the Wild can't beat out the Blues and the Coyotes and the Kraken and the Preds, some of these other teams yeah. that are sort of half-hearted in it? I I have full confidence that both those teams can get there. And there has to be a twinge of that that the Sens are feeling in the East. It's a little bit of a different picture. There's better teams, I think, uh, from top to bottom, but... I look at that and say, why is this team, even though they crave stability with, you know, all the things that have happened this year, the Pinto mm -hmm. suspension, the draft pick forfeiture, the GM being fired, the ownership change, like there's been a lot that's happened, but it doesn't mean that you should sit stagnant and wait for something else. Yeah. Frank Cervelli with us on Sports 1440. So, Frank, uh, we've been talking about the Oilers in Vegas tonight. Uh, Vegas uh, lost last night in Calgary 2-1 in overtime. 
but this is the biggest game for the Oilers for many, many reasons. Uh, what happened last year in the playoffs, uh, where they are in the standings. So just uh, what do you make of uh, tonight's tilt? Uh, it's a big one here in Edmonton. It is, and, and I think the fascinating part about you know heading into last year's playoff round is the Oilers had done such a good job in the regular season over the last couple of years against the Golden Knights. It mm-hmm. felt like they had their number. And then you got to the postseason, and it ended up meaning very little. Some of the mistakes the Oilers made shot themselves in the foot. Um, I think it's fair to say to this point in the season that the Golden Knights have been the class of the West. I know the Kings have a better points percentage. I know the Avs are sort of nipping at their heels. Same thing with the Stars. But the way the Golden Knights have defended, Mm -hmm. 52 goals against, they've played... The most games, no one's played more than them in the West. And you look at their goal differential, you look at the way that their um, their goaltending and defense have played in front of them. I mean, it's been a little bit of a tough go of late for the Golden Knights, especially to uh, put the puck in the net. But I, I look at this team and I say they're well positioned to, to be a, a true Stanley Cup contender again. And they're one that has kind of proven me wrong time and time again. I, I, I didn't see them in that class at this time last year, and, and they're certainly there. They've Frank, done nothing to dispel that this season to start. Hey, Frank, why do you think the Golden Knights are having trouble scoring right now? Just one of those stretches or what? It's a great question. Six goals in their last five games. I don't really have an answer. Um, they've got the pieces. They're forward group is healthy um mm-hmm. you know i i don't i don't know why they've struggled to put it together scoring wise part of it i think is the top heavy nature of their team you know just look at their salary cap structure like yeah. they've got jack eichel and mark stone and then they've got a real small mid-tier with marcia so and carlson and then everyone else on their roster doesn't really make a lot of money yeah and Look at the goal-scoring breakdown. You've got Carlson, Marcia, So, Eichel, and Stone, and then those guys are at 10, 9, 8, and 5, and then everyone else is kind of at mm-hmm. 3, 2, and 1, and there's some defensemen sprinkled in. It's kind of the nature of their team structure. Well, Frank, uh, thanks for this. Uh, hey, how about your your Eagles on Sunday? That was a mad... What about Jalen Hurts was unconscious. You know, it, there was a really funny moment. You know, I, I had Tyler Uremchuk down for yeah. the game and huge Bills fan. I tried to talk him out of wearing some Bills gear. <laughs> he didn't get harassed too bad. But in the stands, uh, right as we were sort of walking in, he's like, oh, man, I love Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen rushing TDs today. Let's do a little parlay. Ooh. And not only did they each have one, they each had two. And so it was funny, in the stands – after the Bills, after Josh Allen scored, I think it was in the first quarter, we we high-fived each other, and people were like, what is wrong with this guy? <laughs> Eagles fan brings a Bills fan, first off, big no-no. And second, he, he, did he just celebrate a Bills touchdown? Oh, yeah. So it was pretty funny. We got a text quick, Frank, uh, from Corey. How's Tyler Uremchuk doing after that Bills choke job? How was he after the game? Yeah, he was pretty unhappy. But I got to tell you, we – we made it home from the game. We were drenched, soaking wet. Get cleaned up. Order some cheesesteaks. 
just in time for Oilers puck drop. Oh, perfect. And once they started to roll, he was he went to bed, I think, pretty happy. <laughs> Although I, I walked by his, his bedroom yesterday after he left and I was, you know, kind of cleaning things up in the guest room. And there was uh, quite a few Heineken bottles left on the nightstand. So <laughs> He's hiding, I, think he, I think he had a pretty good run. Hiding him under the bed. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Frank, uh, appreciate it's it. Thanks a lot. Hey, enjoy the games tonight. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Have a good one, Kevin. Yeah. That's Frank Saravalli from the Delhi Faceoff and our headliner of the day for Mr. Reuter. There's a reason they call him Mr. For all your plumbing needs, go to mrreuter.ca. Have we, uh, I haven't, so he probably flew back last night, your arm Chuck, I guess, eh? According to Frank, that would be correct if he said he was cleaning up his room a little bit. So he was uh, yeah, prob- probably yesterday probably, at some time. I would so think. he's probably back in business today, maybe. Oh, what do you mean? Tyler Remchuk never took a day off. I don't think. No, he, uh, but I mean, you know, in Edmonton, he's. You oh, know, oh yeah, he's uh, he's back to full full flight. Back we, in his home and native. We've got to work out some sort of deal with Frank. Maybe send you down there. I nice. don't know if any. I, I I probably wouldn't come back, Kevin. I'm I'm a but. I'm a disaster out on the I, the streets of Philadelphia. I'd, I don't see you having Heinekens like uh, on the no that on would the not nightstand. be my uh, my drink. Of Schlitz choice. maybe I PBR. Would de- I would definitely be indulging in some cheesesteaks, like Frank mentioned. Uh, they did on their way back from the football game. I'm surprised. Like uh, you wait, your Remchuk probably has pneumonia from being in that rain and that cold rain for. About I couldn't three imagine hours. sitting out in that for that long. I, was, I mean, like you'd have to be having a lot of beverages to keep yourself warm. You know when you uh, watch, yeah, when you watch an NFL game, it's hard to see if it's raining. That game, is, you, yeah. that game, you could see that it was raining and it was <laughs> miserable. No rain last night in Minnesota, though, in the dome. Oh, but man. you would have thought it was a sloppy, wet affair. It should have been. It should have been. That would have made it bowl. more justifiable. Yeah. Like four picks, two fumbles. Was there any other turnovers? No, just six. Just, yeah, just six. Four picks for Josh Dobbs. Two of them on tip passes. I mean, yeah, he put a lot of zip on that one that kind of basically went off Addison's forehead. Yeah, there was uh, a couldn't couple. Couldn't bring tips. it in, and then another deflected one. But the first and second one were like you just poorly throwing balls. Yeah. Uh, so. Playbook, Vic is right. You can't grasp the playbook in a short time, even if you are a rocket surgeon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we talked about it with uh, our guest from Minnesota, Matthew Collar from Minnesota yeah. yesterday about all the uh, the astronaut uh, puns and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, Houston, we had a problem last Whoa. night. There was a he crash, was grounded. Cra- crash landing. Yeah, <sighs> tough, was tough gr- one for the Vikes. That's uh, they're still in a playoff spot, but and they're heading into the bye week. It's uh, there's a good chance by the time that they come come back in a couple weeks, they will no longer be in a playoff. I spot. don't think so. Now, yeah. I, I think you, I think they're done. The only benefit is that the the, Bear, the Lions had also lost on Thursday, so they are still only a couple games back of the division. Yeah, but I think the Packers will overtake Minnesota. Would, would not shock me one bit the way they've looked the past couple weeks either. When we come back, we'll get to some of your texts uh, and give us a show it as well. 1-833-401-1440. 1-833-401-1440. It's Kevin Carey's show on Sports 1440. We're back right after the break. All right. Welcome back to the big program. Uh, 845. Uh, in Edmonton. Top of the hour, Grant Fuhr, Hockey Hall of Famer, will be our co-host, as he is every Tuesday from uh, 9 to 11. And looking forward to our little chat with Ron Lowe, former teammate of uh, Grant's in the early 80s. And, of course, uh, Ron Lowe came to the Oilers in 1980, so the very first season that the Oilers were in the NHL. And, man, and then coached some great teams in the late 80, late 90s Pardon me, that were just uh, just worked so hard, worked so hard and had... That desire and had uh, 
the will and competed and <laughs> competed, not only competed, beat teams like Colorado, like Dallas in the playoffs. Some of the most memorable Oiler playoff series, uh, you know, you can talk about all the, the Stanley Cups in the, you know, in the 80s and then 1990, but oh, that, that was some excitement uh, back uh, in the late uh, 90s for sure. Text coming in, one 1440 Getting back to uh, Marmot Basin Magic. Speck and I had back in, uh, you know, I'm trying to think. It's got to be, it's at least 15 years, probably closer to 20 so Speck and I were at Marmot Basin for Jasper in January. Uh, Googie texts in, KK, you better have given that driver a great tip for deliver- delivering that za along with a couple of extra sausages. Good, That's a good one. So Speck and I are obviously the sausages. The rig checks in, KK, that pizza story is hilarious. I did the same thing at Nick's two for one in St. Albert, the night of the original Heritage Classic. So 20 years ago, 2003, Marcel Viveros was managing. That would be Manny's brother, I'm assuming. I ordered a pizza for delivery. We had that, and he had that same blank look you described from the Jasper guy. LOL, the rig. Have you ever done anything like that, Duke? That Like, this is just, it's a master mindful uh, execution at 2 in the morning. It, it's truly some next-level thinking. I give you tons of credit for it. I've never done anything like that. Usually, if I'm that hard, and like I said, the cold weather uh, probably playing a role in this decision to maybe not try and walk, um, whether you, I who, like, were you in the town of Jasper and you guys were staying at Marmot? Yes. So, no, oh, no, okay. we were staying at, uh, I can't remember, it's a smaller hotel just on the when you come into Jasper. Mm-hmm. But the party was downtown for Jasper in January at, like, what's the main pub in Jasper? I forget now. I can't remember what it's, it's called a, either. Yeah, it's a big pub. I haven't been in a ton of years. Yeah, it's a it's a big pub. Lot. It, it was just hopping. It was rocking that night. But then after, you know, whatever, 2 o'clock, now you're hungry and you're trying to find something to eat. Mm-hmm. And so we would have just, you know, strolled along, you know, a couple blocks, found the light on at some pizza joint, ordered a pizza, and we'll get it delivered, it's, baby. It's we'll tr- get it delivered. It's truly genius. Um, <laughs> it, your genius can not even really be measured in a moment like this. Because, yeah, no, in, in, my oh. t- in my time, it's like... I, I've made a lot of very cold walks home mm-hmm. from downtown Edmonton back across the high level to uh, to where I was living just off campus at the U of A, uh, where you endure and you arrive yes. home incredibly cold. But you you took that to the next level and say, hey, how about I just uh, catch a ride instead? Th- work smarter, not harder. Isn't yes. that what they say? Uh, I appreciate all those kind comments, Duke. Uh, J-Dog uh, chimes in. The Athy B. Yes, it was the Athabasca yeah. Hotel. And that was the go-to, I don't know, I guess it's the go-to place still in uh, Jasper for, you know, I, I think just tourists or, you know, even locals mm-hmm. going and hanging out there. Never went to Jasper as much in the winter. I think just for Jasper in January and maybe one or two other times, but obviously in the summer because golf lots at, at JPL, mm-hmm. uh, you know, obviously one of the nicest courses in Canada, if not the world, it was. Uh, they've had some problems at JPL in the last few years with, um, I think, how they can maintain it. I think there's a lot of um, stipulations right now with Parks Canada, how you can, uh, what you can use, say, for um, maybe pesticides, things what you can do uh, for um, animal control, how, uh, let's call it that, animal control. So I think because it is on, uh, you know, it's a Canada Parks and it's uh, Parks Canada, they have problems. They have, they, uh, they don't have the resources or the means 
Well, they have the resources because it's they have the money, mm. but the means, I guess you could yeah. say, they can't deploy certain things that they would like to. How's that sound? Uh, almost certainly yeah. that uh, that plays a role. And yeah, I, I love Jasper. Like my mom's originally yeah. from Hinton. That's where oh, she grew up. So I uh, spent a lot of time there. And then, yeah, like all, gr- being from Red Deer or outside of Red Deer, mm-hmm. growing up like for ski trips and stuff, a lot of, since it was pretty much halfway, actually Banff is closer. Uh, most people elected to go to Banff for ski weekends, but we always would go to Marmot because of uh, the ties to Hinton and stay over the night there, head out first thing in the morning. Um, so yeah, I, I love skiing at Marmot growing up and, uh, I don't, uh, I don't know if I will probably ever go skiing again at this point with the current state of my knee, um, uh-huh. and the lack of an ACL in it at the moment, but Duke, I, uh, you I, just tape it up and go <laughs> tape it up, grit my teeth. You're playing for the Tropicana's. Yeah, that's a little bit different. You 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 want to talk about reckless? You and Speck out on downtown in Jasper. You should see me on a ski hill. That is reckless. I ski with uh, not much care for for my own well being or or anyone else on the no, run. No, I'm I'm considerate of everyone else out there. But like, I, it was like if I run into a tree, I don't care. It is. So, are you going as fast as you can down the hill? I, I I'm a I like the tree runs, like bombing through oh. the trees and in, in and out well, and no stuff wonder. like that. So, that's just not smart. No, that's fun. Yeah, that's what makes that's fun. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't. Anybody see that. can ski out on the in the open so, trail. I dealt for it leisurely with my grandmother out there. Are you okay? Do you consider your, or did you consider yourself a good skier because yep. of your hockey background? Yep. Because I, a lot I of people, started because in in Red Deer there's a nice uh, river um, <laughs> ski canyon just outside of Red Deer. So we grew skiing up and stuff on the the T bar and the chairlift. So mm-hmm. I started skiing in from a young age, and um, I th- I think I was a pretty good skier. Still, probably would be with the. Uh, the right uh, support on my right leg. <laughs> we didn't have a lot of ski hills in Saskatchewan. No, up. no, I wouldn't think so. Uh, there were a few close by because we were in the Quapel Valley, but I mean, you're looking at a 15, 20 second run, if that. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then the, the T-bar, oh. 10 minutes to get back to the and top. And just hanging again. on. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, just hanging on. Like, even if, if that T-bar, if you slipped off it, why would you? Why would a guy try to hang on with his hands and drag? It's so funny, you know, like when you see people dumb. riding it for the first time and they don't really know. And I, man, hey, guilty as charged. The first couple of times I rode it, and they're just like, yeah, you just like kind of sit on it, and that doesn't mean you actually sit on it, mm-hmm. as I learned very quickly. But oh yeah, it is. Uh, there are some great uh, comedic clips or sights to be seen from yeah. just sitting and watch. I think they intentionally put the T bar in view of the lodge. <laughs> Or the uh, the like bar the and lounge stuff, where the people lounge, are yeah, watching. So you can you can la- hang out there yeah. and just observe that while you're enjoying a, a nice midday uh, beer. Uh, text coming in one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. A lot of people said yes. The Atha B. I couldn't remember the name of it. Uh, Tater Tots says North Face Pizza. That's probably where you were at. Great Jasper Pizza Pizza Joint open late, but I'll be honest, there'd be no clue. Uh, and Speck would say the same thing. There's no way that Speck or I could remember the name of the pizza, pizza joint. Uh, Tyler Tyler Hurum says, did you see Kane is signing with the Red Wings? What? When did this happen? Uh, yes, uh, we talked about that for the last couple hours here. So Patrick Kane with Detroit. And again, you know, and Frank mentioned it as well. Alex Debrinket, a big, a big reason. I think Derek Lalonde, a big reason. Are the Red Wings a top 10 team to win the Stanley Cup right now? Probably not. I mean, they're probably right around that area now with Kane. And for some reason, I have a I have a sniff that uh, what Frank mentioned in his uh, comments about Patrick Kane, something might show up in, are you in or are you out, Duke? 
Good chance. Is there a good I, chance I, I, of that? I, actually, I, I, I hope uh, Grant is prepared because I uh, when I sent them out last night, this one was not included, mm-hmm. obviously since the news had not broke yet. But I made that adjustment first thing this morning. And then Frank, uh, conveniently enough, followed yeah. that up nicely with what he had to say during his segment. Um, Husks says, can't wait to try the new lift at Marmot. Uh, we should get, uh, now that I'm thinking about Brian Road from Marmot Basin, why don't we get him on here in the next couple of days would be, I mean, we're, even though it's, you know, we're in December. I mean, it doesn't feel like, I mean, we don't have any snow on the ground here, right? So it doesn't feel like ski season, I guess. But uh, I think I'll give Brian Road a shout. I know Spec is tight with Brian Road because every time Spec goes out there, he sends uh, something on social media that, you know, thanks to Brian Road for the lift tickets and things like that. So uh, we'll get Brian on to talk about uh, Marmot Basin and where the ski season is. Uh well, basically, I, you know, again, it just doesn't feel like it here because we have no snow on the ground. So, all right, top of the hour, uh, Grant Fear, Hockey Hall of Famer, will uh, co-host uh, with us as he does every Tuesday from 9 to 11. Uh, looking forward to Ronnie Loa's former teammate uh, and uh, Oilers coach and was down in the minors and was with the Rangers. Man, Ronnie Lowe, just uh, salt of the earth type of guy. And he's from Bertle, Manitoba. Bertle, Manitoba. Uh He'll guess with us at 10 o'clock. And uh, before that, sandwiched in between Paul De Los Santos uh, from the Hockey News, covers the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, before we get to Fierzy, uh time now for a Sports 1440 update. Here is the Duke.